Well, I want to tell you tonight that God has a plan. He always has a plan. That's really good to know. I'm glad the Lord is never clueless. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's never a time when the Lord just says, uh, what are we going to do? We do that a lot, right? I mean, things happen and we don't know what to do, but the Lord always has a plan. Think about this. Before something happens, anything, the Lord already has a contingency. He already knows what he's going to do. He already has a plan. You know, we're surprised. We're taken aback by a lot of things that happen in this world. I mean, COVID proved that to everybody. Nobody had any idea how that was going to go. In fact, I, I, know, I know there were a lot of people saying, well, it's going to be like this. There were even some preachers prophesying and saying, it's going to be like this and thus and so. And you know what? It didn't go like anybody said. Just saying. But you know what? That God knew how it was going to go. And God always has a plan. In your life, he always has a plan. You know, as a little kid, I learned to play chess and don't play much anymore. It's too hard to work and it's hard to find anybody that wants to play. So, and no, I don't want to play you. It's too hard to work. Just saying. But one of the things that's really neat about chess is when you're looking at a chessboard and you got these all these different pieces and they move different ways and there's just if you look ahead a couple of moves there's just hundreds or thousands of possibilities and you know for a novice you, you try to you know look ahead two or three moves but for the experts i mean they've got many 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 moves planned ahead with all the contingencies of what their opponent might do. And it gets super complicated real fast. But that is nothing compared to the endless possibilities of what can happen in our world and in our life at any given moment. It is endless, the possibilities of what could happen. And yet, God knows them all before they even happen. And no matter what choices we make or somebody else makes or some, you know, what we might consider to be some natural catastrophe or something... He already knows all of it, and he has a plan. See, we, we need to realize how vast, how awesome, how limitless is our God, that he already knows everything. See, when we really get a hold of this, we really understand this, then, oh, there's such a peace, there's such a trust, there's such a faith that's available to us when we understand we know who our God is. But I tell you, he always has a plan. Whatever you're dealing with, I want you to know it is not a surprise to the Lord. Whatever the situation, however it came about, God has a plan. You know, when the Lord created this world, he made a perfect world 
for man to live in. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they just had it so good. You know, walk and talk with the Lord. There was no toil. There was no heartache. There was no sickness. There was no death. I mean, it was pretty awesome, right? And they messed it up, right? And God already had a plan. In fact, most Bible scholars say that Genesis 3.15 gives us the first prophecy, the first scripture that indicates a plan of redemption. It says it's when God is speaking to Satan, to the serpent, he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And it was prophecy of the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would ultimately defeat Satan. God had a plan in place from the very beginning to redeem mankind. In fact, if you read the Bible, you'll see this from cover to cover. It is a plan of redemption. He always had a plan didn't happen the way that anybody thought it would. I looking back, you know, it's easy to see that he had a plan through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, nobody, nobody had a clue how God was really going to do that. I mean, you have amazing prophecies like Isaiah 53 that so clearly tells us about the suffering Savior and the price that he would pay for our iniquities. And yet, nobody really had a clue how God was going to do it. You know, if somebody could have figured it out, they probably would have tried to mess it up somehow. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes there's a good reason that we don't know how everything is going to work out. Anybody figured that out yet? That you... It don't always work out the way you think. And sometimes that's a good thing. That's been that way a lot in my life. But God always has a plan. In Galatians 4, 4, it says, When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. He came in the most humble way as a little baby, so frail, so weak, nobody would have dreamed not born in a palace, born in a barn. That's right. Born in a barn, in a food trough. Noah's the manger. That's what a manger is. Jesus the Christ the Son of God came to save us. And as the plan of God unfolds, Jesus goes about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Wicked men, no doubt inspired by the powers of darkness. Torture, and crucify the Son of God. But God has a plan. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8 says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before 
the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, this old world, the powers of darkness, they didn't have a clue what God was up to. He had a plan. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He won our ultimate victory. You think about this. The powers of darkness, they thought they had won the ultimate victory. We killed the Son of God. We've stopped the plan of God. And instead, it turned out to be their ultimate defeat. See, God always has a plan. You see, and in your life, sometimes things, it looks like things died. It looks like things have gone to total defeat. God still has a plan. He really does. He always does. He always has a plan. I want to encourage you tonight. His plan is good. His plan is for victory. And in our lives, a lot of times there's things that happen that look like a defeat. It looks like the enemies won a victory. We just need to trust the Lord. We need to know that he always has a plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the thoughts. This is the New King James, all right? I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And I I like to explain why the New King James and the NIV are a little different. The New King James, he says, the thoughts I think toward you. And the NIV talks about the plans I have for you. And I just want you to understand they're talking about the same thing because when the Lord thinks thoughts, it's a plan. He's not a daydreamer. He's, you know, his mind doesn't wander off with idle thoughts like we do, you know. And we, we can start worrying about something and all we're doing when we're worrying is we're imagining the negatives and what if this happens and what if that happens and you know sometimes we can kind of do that in a positive way too we start thinking well you know what if this and what if that and but you see with God it's not just a what if because the one who has all the power he can bring every thought to pass see when God is thinking something about you it's a plan and you need to understand that. So in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, in the NIV, it says, The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I want you to know this word was given to the children of Israel, not when they were in a good situation, not when everything was going right, not when they had been serving God and doing what they were supposed to do. no. They had disobeyed the Lord. They'd been taken into captivity. I mean, things are bleak. And this is when God gives them this word. I got a plan for you. Not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. This is when God gives them this word. And you need to understand... That even if you're not in a good place right now, even if you have made bad decisions and you're not really right with God tonight, I want you to know that when you turn to God, he's got a good plan for you. You see, their day was going to come that they would return to the Lord and God told them, I've got a plan for you. It's good. I'm going to give you a hope and a future. My plan is not to harm you. 
See, and you need to know this, that God's plan for us is always good, that he wants to do us good. You Here's something I know about the Lord. God is good, and guess what kind of plans he has? He's a good God, and he has good plans. Sometimes we do foolish things, disobey, God still has a plan when we turn to him. We find ourselves in a mess a lot of times. It's not of the Lord's making. It's not the plan of God that got the children of Israel into captivity. and That was their plan. And a lot of the time, whether we want to own it or not, it's our own plans that get us in trouble. A plan, according to Webster's Dictionary, is a method or way of doing something that is decided on beforehand. Oh, the Lord, he has a plan beforehand. You know, the Bible says before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was crucified for us. He, it, it was a plan. I'm just telling you, God always has a plan beforehand. Now, in the NIV, it tells us that he wants to prosper us. Prosper means to succeed or thrive. It's talking about your well-being. You see, sometimes when people in our generation, we talk about the word prosper, we, we just think of money. We just think of, you know, material success. But there's so much more to life than that, amen? In fact, you need to understand, yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, he cares about your material needs, but... How much more important are those intangible things like having peace and joy and and people who love you, brothers and sisters in Christ and friends? I'm telling you, there's so much more to life than just material things. And I I think sometimes even in the body of Christ, not just in the world, but even in the body of Christ, sometimes we get too focused on material things you know, where it, it just becomes about that and it, it borderlines, borderlines on greed. We just want more. And it's not about that. So I, don't, I just want you to understand when, when it says, when God says to prosper you, it's not just talking about money. No, it's talking about you being blessed in every area of your life. But his plan is not to harm you. Isn't it good to know the Lord's not out to get you? I mean, if the Lord's out to get you, you're God. I mean, that's all there is to it, you know. He's not out to get you. No, he loves you. He's a good God. That doesn't mean that you're not ever going to go through some things. See, sometimes people think, well, if I'm, if I'm serving the Lord, then everything should just go right for me because I'm serving the Lord. And they get disillusioned when things don't go right. Let me word that another way. When things don't go according to their plans. But his plans are good. And that means that even when bad things happen, he has a plan to work it out for our good. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, you'll notice here that he didn't say for everybody, but it's for those who love God 
those who are called according to his purpose. And when it says called here, he's not talking about, you know, called to full-time ministry. He's talking about people who are called as his people, called according to the purpose of God. And you just need to know this, though, that he works things out for our good. That's his plan. You see, so his plan includes a hope and a future. Because he's going to work it out for your good. A hope and a future. Biblical hope is not a wish. See, some people right now, you know, the Cowboys are going to be playing Sunday night. Some people right now, they're, they're wishing the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl. Listen, that's not hope. I hope the Cowboys... No, no, no. That's fantasy. Don't be hating on me. I used to be one of you. Anyway, just saying, biblical hope is so much more than a wish. You need to know biblical hope is a confident trust with the expectation of fulfillment. It's something that you, you actually expect this is coming. You got a confident trust because our hope is in the Lord. See, when he gives us a hope and a future, you can't put your hope in man. No, they'll always fail you. I mean, ever since the garden, we've been messing up. So our hope can't be in ourselves. It can't be in other people. Our hope always has to be in God. But he'll give us a hope and a future. And I tell you, when our hope is in the Lord, our best days are coming. A hope and a future. The world always says, don't get your hopes up. But when you serve the Lord, you ought to always have your hopes up. You just got to make sure that your hope is really in the Lord. You know, people will do things that will hurt you and discourage you. The Lord gave a young man named Joseph a dream, actually two dreams about how he was going to be raised up into a position of great authority. And I know most of you know the story, but I just want to at least give you a little bit of it, just an outline of it. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him and hated him, and so they sold him as a slave. Joseph works as a slave in Potiphar's house. He's falsely accused then and put in prison. Twelve years has gone by since the time that he had the dreams and then his brother sold him as a slave. And finally, when he interprets dreams for Pharaoh, he is promoted to that position of great authority over all of Egypt. And God uses him to store up food that will feed the whole known world for seven years during a time of terrible famine. And during that time, people come from everywhere to get food and his own family comes to Egypt to get food. God used him to provide food for his own family. His brothers, the very ones that had sold him into slavery. 
After their father died, they were afraid that Joseph would seek vengeance on them. But I want you to hear what Joseph says to his brothers. It's Genesis 50 and 20. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God had a plan. God had a plan when this man was just a teenage boy and Joseph would have never have dreamed that that plan was going to be such heartache and hardship and trouble. I'm sure that wasn't in his mind when he had those two dreams of being in a position of authority. But God had a plan. And part of that plan, you see, sometimes we don't understand why things happen the way we do. But I really believe that Joseph wasn't ready to be that leader. And part of the plan of God was that he had to prepare that young man to be that great leader. And sometimes we go through things that we don't understand. In fact, I know for myself and for a lot of preachers and a whole lot of other people too, they think, you know, God wants me to do this or I'm supposed to do that. And then they go through hardship and trouble and they think there's no way this is God because, you know, God doesn't have any part. I want you to know something. Those brothers meant it for evil, but God used it for good. We had some rough times in ministry. Years ago, you know, I felt like I made some maybe bad choices and decisions and ended up working for somebody I didn't want to work for and went through a rough time pastor in a small church and get called the devil you know just some rough times in ministry and somehow or another out of that at 41 years of age I ended up being blessed and privileged to be a youth pastor again. And I got to youth pastor my own kids. And it was awesome. And I wouldn't trade nothing for that. But I wouldn't have ever gotten there without that hard road. Well, I left out a hard road too, didn't I? So there was another time when Carmen and I were going to, pastor a small church in in east texas and it ended up just kind of being a, an interim thing and we we stayed with my grandmother during that time we still owned a house in burleson but we lived with my grandmother for two and a half months and it was just kind of weird that we just lived with her almost like a extended vacation you know living out of a suitcase kind of a thing because all of our stuff was still in our house and it was difficult in some ways but when it was over we we've said ever since then for over 30 years we've said you know what 
wouldn't take anything for that 10 weeks. The time that we had with my grandmother was so precious to us and made such a difference in our lives and her life. I'm just telling you, God has a plan. And, and sometimes we don't see it until we look back. But whatever you're going through right now, I'm telling you, God has a plan. And the more that we learn to trust him, the more that we learn to get with the plan, the more that we learn to just truly obey God and do what God wants us to do, the more we learn to have faith, I'm telling you, we'll see the plans of God come to pass in our life. You know, sometimes we don't understand it. We might say, well, you know what? This isn't the way I would do it. I want to tell you, there's only been a few times that God did something the way I thought he would. Most of the time, he's smarter than me. And the sooner, the sooner you figure that out, I'm telling you, the better off you are. He's smarter than us, but he fulfills his plan in our life in ways that we would never imagine. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, the Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. It just just can't even begin to imagine how awesome, how vast the knowledge of God and what He knows if we just learn to trust Him you know, if you've got small children, there's a lot of things about life you don't try to explain to a three-year-old, right? I mean, I hope you don't try to explain your retirement plan to your three-year-old. There's just so much about life. They don't, they don't even need to know. But that doesn't even really begin to scratch the surface of when God is leading and guiding us and he has a plan for our life. There's so many things that we can't really grasp, we can't really understand. There's some things that we know are the plan of God. Like, I know God's plan for his church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to stop it. I know this. I know this is the plan of God. Now, how he does that, I, I don't have that all figured out. You know, I, I mean, I know some things, but I, I'm just saying, in the end, he will build his church. He's been getting it done for 2,000 years, and he will build his church. I know that's the plan of God. You can count on it, but I'll tell you this. There's a lot of things that go on in the church world that sometimes you just wonder, oh, my goodness. I mean, anybody ever heard of the dark ages? And somehow or another, the church of Jesus Christ emerged out of that. And God is moving and working throughout the world today. He is preparing for himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. 
When he comes back, I'm telling you, he's coming back for a victorious church. But we know that there are certain things that are part of the plan of God because he tells us so clearly in his word. And yet there's so many things that we don't know exactly how the Lord is going to do it. His plans oftentimes are just beyond us. In Job 42 and 2, in the NIV, he says, I, the, Job says to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Now, Job's life had been turned upside down. He had lost everything except for his discouraging wife who told him to curse God and die. Lost everything else. And he's sick. And then he has this great revelation of God where God speaks to him out of the whirlwind. And then Job says these words. Now I want you to think about this. This was before, see we know the end of the story. We know that God turned it all around and gave Job twice what he had before. This is before that happened. And Job says to the Lord, I know that no plan of yours can be stopped. Oh, if we just knew the Lord the way Job did. He didn't get there easy. But hear me now. No plan of his can be stopped. He's a big God. He is awesome. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Now, Job said what was right about the Lord. You know how I know that? Because God says it more than once. God says it. He tells Job's three friends, he says, you have not said what is right about me as my servant Job had. Job said what was right about the Lord. And here's part of what he said that was right. No plan of yours can be stopped. And you see, what I'm saying to you right now is, listen, I know it may not seem to help much when you're really going through it, but Job went through all of it at once. And I'm just telling you that whatever you're going through, it can't stop the plan of God. You see, Satan attacked Job, but it couldn't stop God from blessing him. God turned it all around for Job and blessed him with twice what he ever had before. I love the story of Job. After this, Job lived 175, 140, 140 years and saw his children's children to the fifth generation. I mean... How the Lord blessed him. No plan of yours can be stopped. I know you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. God still has a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. If you're discouraged, Maybe about where you are in life right now. Mistakes have been made. Had disappointments. He has a plan. 
Sometimes as we age, we think, well, you know, God doesn't have a hope in the future for me. Those days are gone. You just don't know what God might yet do in your life. Psalm 92, 14 says, They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Remember Abraham and Sarah had that promised son Isaac when Abraham was about 100 years old? I'm just telling you, God can do anything. He still has a plan. There's not one person that's here tonight in this room that God is unaware of. And he has a plan for every, every single one of us. He had a plan for you before you were even born. We all experience failures and defeats and setbacks and hurts and heartaches and brokenness. And in those times, sometimes it can be hard to see that God has a plan. But we just have to trust him. We just have to believe. I want to tell you this, that so often people miss the plan of God because they don't trust him and believe. See, when we, when we don't trust him, when we don't really have faith, we end up doing it our way. You know what our way is? There's another way to phrase that, our plan, instead of his plan. You know, God had a plan for Jonah to preach to the city of Nineveh and for those people to repent so that judgment would not come upon them. That was the plan of God. Jonah didn't like that plan. So he gets on a boat going the wrong way. He ends up being thrown overboard, swallowed by a big fish. I know you know the story. I just want you to think about it for a minute. Listen, God had a plan. Jonah had a plan. Guess whose plan worked out? After three days in the gut of a fish, listen, it's not like the storybooks where you see a picture of Jonah floating in a boat in a, you know, with a candle in there. I don't know how Jonah didn't go insane being in the gut of a fish for three days, except God but he cried out to God. Guess what? Here's another way to, a different way to understand repentance. You decide that you're going to trade your plan for God's plan. Your will for God's will. That's repentance. And that's what happened to Jonah. He had some good old-fashioned repentance. He said, okay, Lord, I want to do your plan now. He goes to, to Nineveh and he preaches and those people turn to God and he didn't like it. He's like a lot of mean religious people today. They just want God to get people. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is to save people, to reach people. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to life. But I just want you to understand this, that sometimes we got to get to that place where we really want God's plan and we're willing to go his way. We're willing to do his will. See, anytime we're still doing it our way, still doing our will, we're still doing our plan. I want to tell you something about your plan. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And it is a blessing 
It is a blessing of mercy when our, our selfish, our personal plans fail. Because we want his plan. It's all the rage right now to set goals and make plans. And You know what? I think it's good to plan. I think you ought to have a plan. But we need to be careful to always seek the Lord when we plan. And we need to be humble about our plans before the Lord. That, you know, as we plan, isn't it, isn't it just the way life is a lot of times that plans don't go the way? We just read it a minute ago. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. See, a lot of times our plans don't work out. And here's the thing. We just need to be humble about that and trust God and be looking to him and seeking him all the time and willing to do his will. You know, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we miss it, but we just trust the Lord that his plan come to pass in our life. But this passage in James chapter 4, 13 through 16, it just reminds me so much of a lot of the attitude of the day and even some of the teaching in the body of Christ today. But he says, he says, today, he says, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city. We're going to spend a year there. We're going to buy and sell and make a profit. He says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes it away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, See, if this is God's plan, we shall live and do this or that. We don't boast. No. He says, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. And I want you to understand, we don't have to stick if the Lord wills at the end of every sentence but it's the attitude of the heart that we're not boasting about I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, instead, we're, we're always wanting the plan of God, understanding that God's plan will prevail. His plan is good. It's not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. That's what we want is the plan of God, always. And he always has a plan. I started off tonight in Genesis and how everything was ruined in the fall of man. But God had a plan. And with all the tests and trials, heartaches and disappointments, struggles and battles, I want to say it one more time to you, he has a plan. Let me give you a glimpse of the plan of God. I told you from cover to cover. This, this, this is one of the major themes I see through the scripture is that God had a plan. You start reading about this hero of faith or this person and that one. And so often you see how God had a plan. How God had a plan with the children of Israel over and over. How he worked and moved and directed things, brought things to He always has a plan. But from cover to cover you see this plan of redemption. And I want to tell you what the plan of God is. Just a little of it. Just give you a glimpse of it. What a plan. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. 
wild. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. I'm telling you, God has a plan. What an awesome plan. <laughs> oh, there's coming a day. No more tears, no more pain. I'm telling you, victory. We're going to be with our God for eternity. Amen. He has a plan. You can trust him. Stand with me. We're going to pray.